0: Hello everyone, this is Tom Hart with Success Series and the Talk with Tom podcast. We had a new episode of Talk with Tom planned for December, however, we have a lot of new things we're launching in 2017 and frankly, we just got a bit overwhelmed at year end. Among the many things coming in the first quarter, we will be accepting applications to join a new mastermind group guided personally by me. Listen here as Talk with Tom host Aaron Wilker tells you more. You can request an application by linking from my blog post entitled, Mastermind Group Invitation, and then listen to this encore episode about the power of masterminds. Good day, everyone, and welcome to Talk with Tom. I am your host, Aaron Wilker. And before we start our conversation with Tom, I'd like to remind everyone that you are able to listen to these podcasts by going to Tom's website, successseriesllc.com, and under the blog tab, you will find the link to Talk with Tom podcasts. You may also subscribe to them at Google Play, Stitcher, and the iTunes store. Uh, This podcast is sponsored by Tom's upcoming mastermind group that you may apply to be a part of at Tom's website successseriesllc.com It is also being sponsored by Tom's ebook, Getting From Here to There and You're able to download the first two chapters of this ebook by going to successseriesllc.com and subscribing to receive email notifications of Tom's bi-weekly blog post And now it is a great privilege for me to introduce my coach my mentor and my friend Tom Hart good day Tom and how are you today
1: I'm doing terrific
0: Aaron how about you I am excellent as always Tom thank you very much so Tom we always begin these calls with me asking you what have you been up to Tom since the last time we spoke
1: My, my, well, developing new content. As you know, you and the rest of the team have been busy business planning, and this program we are introducing today is the first of quarterly projects that will roll out and supplement our already stellar list of offerings. I'm trying to find a balance between free and paid-for resources and would love to hear from our listeners as to what items they have most shared with their friends from our resource center, and what else they would like to have available to them. And over time, we'll augment those resources with new content, new resources uh, for them to download or share with their friends. In fact, Aaron, would you mind listing the many resources we have available on our website?
0: All right. Well, Tom, if the listeners go to your website, and I'm going to repeat it one more time, it's www.successseriesllc.com. And under the Resources tab, there's two subfolders for them to look at. One is your Workshop Resources, which has many different templates for the people to use, um, like creating Effective affirmations or their personal strategic plan as well as elements of a business plan or your life will Um, There's many others there as well the other subfolder is a list of your recommended reading and Here people will see books that you have read and find value in for example Napoleon Hill's think and grow rich or Steve Chandler's 100 Ways to Motivate Yourself. Um, just a side note there. My home office. I have Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich on my desk uh, at my home office, and I read from it usually at least once a week. And Steve Chandler's 100 Ways to Motivate myself or to motivate yourself is here at my work desk, and I read from that daily as well. Usually, the last thing I do as I wait for my computer to shut down is I read one of the little things, you know, 100 Ways to Motivate Yourself from Steve Chandler. So
1: That's a terrific habit, Aaron.
0: Yeah, so those, you know, two books, great. Um, and they can be found uh, under the recommended reading at your website. And the nice thing is, is that people are able to purchase your recommended readings directly from your website. So they don't have to open a new window or a new tab. Um, you have affiliate links that people are able to purchase right there. So great great resources, great tools. Thank you, Tom, for putting them up on your website.
1: Thanks for uh, delineating them for us, Aaron.
0: All right. So today is the second part. of a two-part program that we started with our last call on mastermind groups. And in our last call, we covered uh, the history of masterminding, um, and we started getting into, you know, what is a mastermind, and then we started uh, talking about forming a mastermind. So, Tom, I'd like to pick up Uh, where we left off and discuss how to select the members or register for a group uh, and create the group guidelines and then when we're done with this call towards the end of the call we'll let people know how they can register to be a member of your elite mastermind so Tom can you bring us in please Certainly, Uh, you know, forming a mastermind
1: group can be as easy as gathering individuals with shared professions, goals and aspirations, or other common ground for the purpose of creating an environment of brainstorming, sharing resources, accountability, mutual support, etc. We covered in that first call that the basic philosophy of a mastermind is that more can be achieved in less time when people work together, especially in the areas of business, wealth formation, relationships, personal development. And that doesn't mean you can achieve more financial or career success while you choose to focus on business issues only. I've found that most groups quickly expand into including personal concerns as well because being whole individuals is impossible to segment into single areas of our life. So if you look at the seven life areas, physical, financial, spiritual, relational, etc. Our business success is intimately tied to our personal success. Those areas impact one another. Thus, you might as well prepare to include those issues as they appear as well, make your group comfortable, safe, and and encouraging to one another to be able to open that up and to be able to talk about those things as well. That being said, I think there's a real danger in making the focus of the group too general. You want to be able to identify some areas of focus and have a structure that avoids having it be just a co-social
0: get-together. Good good note there. And and again, you know, let people know, you know, my personal experience, uh, I belong to a mastermind group. We meet every two weeks, and there's four of us in the group. And, right, you know, when we started – It was business, pretty much business-oriented. We each had a business goal that we wanted to achieve. And uh, we still do that, um, but it definitely comes up, hey, do you guys mind? You know, I have this issue with home, or, you know, hey, I have this going on. And it becomes, you know, a place for somebody if they need to vent. But if they, while they're venting, then the rest of us come in and go, well, hey, you know, thanks for sharing that. But have you thought about this, or you know, have you asked this, or have you? And it really does become a great um, area. And you walk away going yeah, okay, there are options and it's not as bad as I thought it was. Great, let's go. And just one, if I, if you don't mind, one success story there is one of the people hey. who is a member of the group when we started over two years ago um, was producing a film uh, that he'd written and directed and was just stagnant, couldn't get it going any further. And um, I'm happy to say that he this weekend is at his third film festival. He's up at the Portland Film Festival. He started uh, with the Slam Dance in Utah. He's been up or down to Newport Beach in Southern California. This weekend he's up at Portland. Uh, We're hoping to hear, right, in a couple weeks, the Mill Valley Film Festival. So, yeah, it's great, and it's a great success. And now it's, you know, talking about distribution. You know, know, what are we doing to get the film, you know, how can we help them do that? So it's great. It really is a great tool. So um, there we go. Tom, back to you.
1: That's that's a terrific uh, success story. I mean, that's brass tacks right there where the rubber beats the road you have somebody that that had a dream that used the group to kind of fulfill a motivation really to take it to the next level and uh and then thanks for sharing that you know this reminds me that that most CEOs and business owners uh those of us that are entrepreneurs and professionals we work somewhat in a protected cocoon there's this group around us or these um uh, board members or partners. That if you were to show a weakness, or if you were to have frustration or discouragement, those folks can't see that. They the employees get demora- demoralized. The the partners start to question your your uh, your, your confidence. Uh, it's difficult to admit the need. And when you have a mastermind group that you can go to that's unbiased and doesn't have that judgment going on, and you can share big dreams or you can take a challenge and not having anyone um, just tell you the the good news of things but also the bad news or give you a reality check on the marketplace to be able to kind of discern your executive decisions. And if you do it in this environment of safety and it's a group of peers that pretty much starts to to blend into – shared challenges without jeopardizing your position or your company's future because you're discussing something just in concept. Those are the benefits that come with the CEO or the small business owner that otherwise is operating in a vacuum. And, and because of that, there is this safety that allows you to not only be motivated to, to pursue that goal or that dream or that strategy, but also be accountable for it. Uh, Oftentimes I'll find with my coaching clients or my mastermind group that just knowing the meeting is coming up is a motivator to do what they said they would do at the previous meeting. And it might be two days before the next meeting and they realize, oh my gosh, it's already been you know five days and I've not made one iota of a move on this thing and I told everybody it'd be done by the time we met next and here it is already. And by the way, Those meetings don't have to be weekly. They could be monthly. I'm in one mastermind group that meets once a month, and so we only meet 12 times during the year. And it could be virtual. We meet on the phone most of the time. We meet with Skype, and then we get together once a year personally because we're all over the country. So when we do finally get together personally, that might be just once a year. Well, those mastermind groups take the the complexion, the the, uh, structure that works for the participants. Another mastermind group might be necessary or desired to meet once a week. Um, If you've got something that works, do that and be able to do it in a way that creates the safety of environment so that potential problems can be brought up and perhaps, for that matter, the fallout from them can be eliminated because you have each other to kind of use as a sounding board before you go into the real-world application of it. And that's a big plus for CEOs, board chairs. Um, Many of my, my clients, my coaching clients, are family office clients where they're dealing with the politics of the business that they run is the family business. And the interactions that they have, the dynamics, the political dynamics, are actually family members. And so they're looking at that mastermind group participation not amongst each other but in their own other resources of groups to be able to then come together as a business ownership group and bring ideas that that they otherwise wouldn't have together and and solutions to some of the family politics. So there's a big benefit in participating at a number of different levels or participating in ways that allow that that environment of safety and accountability. And that's really uh, what's key for especially – CEOs, professionals, entrepreneurs, uh, certainly solopreneurs that are out there one-on-one with the world, that's that's a key uh, element uh, to, to take advantage of if you can get into a mastermind group and just begin to get other people's perspectives.
0: Right. And, the you know, you talk about accountability um, and being all over the country. Uh, the one mastermind group that I belong to with a filmmaker, uh, one of the members is up in British Columbia, Canada. I've never met the gentleman. We talk every two weeks. We're, we're great friends. Um, and accountability, I, just because you mentioned it, you know, we all, right, you know, these are the tasks. And this next two weeks, these are the tasks that I will complete uh, by our next call. And put some teeth into that accountability, each one of us has a coffee cart, you know, be it Pete's or Starbucks coffee. And if we don't complete what we've said we would complete, the other members of the mastermind group have free coffee, you know, for the next two weeks on whoever didn't complete their tasks. And uh, Ah. so. Very cool. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. how do, how do so? Let's talk about forming the mastermind group. Starting with, a, uh, you know, how do you find the members?
1: Well, the best formal process for forming a mastermind group is starting with an application process. This gives the individual that's forming the group the opportunity to evaluate fit and complementary skills of all the interested parties. So. As best as can be determined by that forming party, that individual, he can look at what is the, or she, the synergistic group mix, um, what varied perspectives are brought to bear. And these interested uh, parties literally fill out an application that states not only their contact info and relevant professional information and personal uh, 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 information, but most importantly, answer certain questions such as what is their business experience, their motivation for joining, what they hope to get out of participating in it, what's their commitment to its achievement, and what's their experience in masterminding. There's a, there's a, a mix of these kinds of questions that yield answers that will tell that party that's forming the group how one might interact better, what mix of of individuals might be relative to one another so that maybe in the end two groups are formed because you know you have say a dozen applicants that want to join the group and the ideal size is really four to six so maybe you form three to f- two or three groups and, and see what, what each of the dynamics of those individuals are and be able to group them together. So some of the traits you might look for and, and others that you might want to avoid for that matter. Um, the traits that, that you want to look at who are dri- who are driven toward excellence. They're great readers and thinkers. They bring diverse skills. They represent varied perspectives, spiritually, professionally, uh, personally. They have, a, they have kind of a, a track record, you might say, of proven problem-solving, um, and, and yet they're still seeking an interdependence with the other members of the group. They're not dominating They're not um, known to be lone rangers or or used used to being the center of attention. They really have more of a collaborative approach and a a desire to learn while still being learned. Um, There's more to learn from your mistakes than your successes. So oftentimes you might just look at or ask on an application, What's your greatest mistake that you've made in business or personal life? And see what that answer is and see what their attitude is toward that answer. If their attitude is one of defensiveness or, gee, I can't think of anything or or something of that nature, you want to avoid those individuals because they tend to uh, bring the dynamic of the group to this place of, of judgment. And if they're willing to say, hey, here's my greatest mistake, oh, gee, you only want to talk about one? I've got 50. Those are learning situations that are valuable to the membership of the group, because with that becomes a um, a, a humility really that says, hey, I hope you could avoid this by by me telling you what happened in my case. Um, those those are kind of some of the guidelines that would be followed for the or not the guidelines the um, the, the application uh, questions that might be uh, included so that you can start to form what the dynamics of the group might be and create some complementary skills.
0: All right. Um, guidelines. Do, do you write guidelines for what you want to do? Is it, um, you know, time length? What do you, can Can you give us a couple examples then of guidelines? I mean, I see...
1: Sure, sure, sure. Well. To answer your question, do you write the guidelines or don't you, um, the objective is to all get on the same page. So if you literally need written guidelines that people would sign as 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 a means of commitment, then do it. But really what you're looking for is ownership of it. And you should have written guidelines that talk about things like what's expected and what is not accepted in the group so that there's this kind of governance of Conduct and and some of the logistics as well. You know how often do you meet? What are the meeting times? Uh, what what is the format or the agenda of those meetings? How the facilitator would be rotated or named, or how to track those successes and how to um, give that accountability? You know, group members need to agree to these guidelines so that everyone has clear expectations, so they're all on the same page. Remember that you are creating a spirit of harmony and trust. And that environment of safety and non-judgment will be better served by guidelines to help set boundaries to create that environment for those participants. And so there's a value to those guidelines. It's not just about the strictness of adherence. It's more like, hey, you know, this is what we agreed to. And, And if things start to get sideways and, and it looks like somebody's dominating meeting or, or not participating enough or not creating the kind of camaraderie that you would expect of such a group, then you can kind of put them to task and say, hey, you know, maybe maybe you don't want to participate in this group anymore because it doesn't appear that you're investing it. You're not taking seriously the the, the uh, achievement of the task that you committed to between last meeting and, and these last three times or um, you know there's always exceptions but if it's if it's recurring then you want to start to say look um, maybe it's run its course for you maybe it's served you in the way that was meant to be and now by um, opening up your spot to somebody else that can benefit better uh, it's a good it's a win-win it's not a negative thing like well gee you're not adhering to our rules so you you can go it's hey maybe it's served you the way that you would hope to, to and now it's time to open up your spot to somebody that can be served and you can, you know, go live it or go form another mastermind group that, that takes it to the next level for you if this isn't uh, doing it for you. It's, again, this, this environment of safety that's trying to be created and to have that spirit of harmony and trust is so key that the guidelines can serve that
0: purpose. All right. Excellent. Well, I think you've covered everything really basically about uh, a mastermind I'm sure we'll have up on the website um, some guidelines or whatnot to help people form their masterminds and they can always go back to the website and under the blogs tab listen to the two calls that we've done regarding mastermind so thank you Tom Um, in our last call You know, as we talked about the history a little bit, I would mentioned that Andrew Carnegie and Henry Ford um, had their mastermind in Firestone and Thomas Edison. And, you know, an interesting story regarding Henry Ford. Um, I don't know if people know it or not, but I believe he barely had a high school education. And during the First World War... Uh, Chicago newspaper had published a series of editorials in which amongst other statements they called Henry Ford an ignorant pacifist and Ford objected to the statements obviously and sued the newspaper for libel and when the case came up in court the attorneys for the paper you know said hey no we're we're justified in this and they placed Ford on the witness stand, and they intended to prove to the jury that he was ignorant. And so the attorneys started asking uh, Henry Ford a variety of questions, all of which were intended to prove that while he might possess, you know, considerable specialized knowledge related to his automobile uh, manufacturing plant, that he was indeed overall. Quite ignorant. Um, And so the attorneys asked questions like Who was Benedict Arnold and how many soldiers did the British send over to America to put down the rebellion of 1776? And I believe that question, um, in answering it, Henry Ford replied I don't know the exact number of soldiers that the British sent over, but I've heard that it was considerably larger than the number that ever went back. Um, (laughs) that's good right you know and I think that finally you know as you know the attorneys kept grilling him um, his reply to one particularly uh, offensive question he leaned over and pointed his finger at the attorney who had asked the question and said if I should really want to answer the foolish questions you have just asked me or any other question Uh, you have been asking me let me remind you that I have a row of electric buttons push buttons on my desk and by pushing the right button I can summon to my aid men who can answer any question I desire to ask concerning the business to which I am devoting most of my efforts now will you kindly tell me why I should clutter up my mind with general knowledge for the purpose of being able to answer questions when I have men around me who can supply any knowledge I desire. Um, mm. Mm. <laughs> and you, you could just kind of picture Henry Ford, because he wasn't that big of a man in stature, you know, saying this to this arrogant mm-hmm. attorney. And apparently every person in the courtroom realized it was the answer, not of an ignorant man, but a man of education. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dictionary defines ignorant as a lack of knowledge, uh, learning, or information. And certainly, you know, we're talking uh, eons before Google came around, (laughs) right? So before Google, Henry Ford said, I surround myself with the people that have this knowledge. And that's kind of – what a mastermind is. You know, in our culture, we've artificially defined what education consists of. Uh, We imply that it comes only from sitting in a classroom for a period of time and being able to regurgitate static information and get a passing grade. Um, You know, any man is educated who knows where to get knowledge. And this is what Henry Ford was saying and proving, you know, get knowledge when he needs it and how to organize that knowledge into a definite plan of action and through the assistance of his mastermind group, which had some phenomenal thinkers in it, uh, Henry Ford had at his command the specialized knowledge he needed to enable him to become one of the wealthiest men in America. It was not essential that he have his general knowledge in his own mind. You know, surely today we understand this principle and Yes, a mastermind group can provide information and knowledge that Google still cannot. Um, Yes. (laughs) And and that because in a mastermind, you have people with real-world experience um, about that. Would you not agree, Tom?
1: Yes. In fact, as a a business coach, I must add one little tidbit uh, about Henry Ford uh, that kind of proves his genius. When – When he first started his um, uh, manufacturing process, this this assembly line that we so take for granted today did not even exist. And in 1914, he doubled the wage of $5 a day for his workers. And overnight, one thing changed that reduced the turnover rate from 370% to less than 20% by just raising that acceptable wage, doubling it. Productivity rose. And while much of the work was quite monotonous, these people began to value their jobs. They worked harder and more willing to to not have a change of jobs because they did not want to lose their job. They didn't want to be fired. They were getting paid double the acceptable wage at the time. This was before there was such a thing as minimum wage. You talk about a golden handcuffs. I mean, this, this concept was for your assembly line worker. Now we have golden handcuffs for Executives, so they don't leave the firm and take with them that specialized knowledge that is needed to help the shareholders raise the company value. And that was half a century before its time. And it had nothing to do with minimum wage. It was all established in in, in 1914 when minimum wage began in 1938. So he was a brilliant businessman well ahead of his time. And and to have that kind of thinking with Firestone and and Carnegie and – Edison, you know, Henry Ford, wouldn't you like to have been part of that mastermind group? I mean, talk about exponential knowledge and new ideas and resources to complement his own. Man, when you first form a mastermind group, consider bringing people together from different professional arenas to kind of add to the expertise that you already have. This is a principle that's easily transferable, and it's something that in, in my industry of real estate, we began to do what was called a um, focus group. And prior to real estate having a focus group of home buyers, there would be focus groups for the consumer products. So you'd hear about um Procter and Gamble for instance putting together a focus group or the automakers for decades before it was incorporated into the real estate in- industry would have these focus groups. Now, it's a common practice. And and in fact, it's almost like Accepted that if you don't do a focus group, you're almost kind of shooting yourself in the foot because that's a way of getting a perspective that you otherwise wouldn't know from your own market, like who you're building for in, in my case. And so that, that diverse talent that comes to you from these different perspectives on the different challenges and opportunities that you're facing, you're a government or a business or an academic uh, institution or even your own personal life, just to be able to have that sounding board is a big plus. And, and I don't think that that people who are already successful will not also benefit from the group. There's, there's. It's often thought that when people are extremely successful, they'll also become pretty isolated, and therefore, and therefore, they're kind of um, less of a accessibility to ideas and to strategies and to new things, and I've often found them to be extremely open to the idea of having a small group of their peers or some forum by which they can share ideas. And and, and obviously my executive coaching clients have that value in the uh, one-on-one setting as well, but to have that be a group uh, dynamic where they would um, be able to find like Challenges with peers of like uh, stature, whether it be a completely different industry, like Carnegie was steel, uh, Ford was automobiles. There's a synergy there. There's a there's a there's a raw material being fed to a finished product. You know, Henry Firestone was the tires or the, the rubber industry, but yet look what the, look how the automobile became and in its in its raw material input. That's probably no mistake, because those guys talked amongst themselves as to how do we get this this innovation of automobile out into a mass production kind of way for the American buyer. And Henry Ford is not known as the inventor of the automobile. He's known as the inventor of the assembly line production of the automobile, which allowed for that mass production production. Hey, and by the way, did you know that when the Model T first came out, you could have it in any color you wanted? As long no. as it was black? Yeah. As long as yeah. it was black.
0: Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> well, that's, you know, you, you just thinking about that mastermind group, you know, Thomas Edison invented vulcanized rubber for tires. Um, ah. And then you, you part of Firestone, you know, Firestone tires, and those tires went on Henry Ford's automobiles, you know, Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. you know, Carnegie owned the steel that, you know, so, you know, business partners, yes, but, you know, they were all working together, and, you know, hey, but let's, what a a group, absolutely amazing. Um, It truly is, and, you know, just like I said, my own personal experience, Um, really, masterminds do work. They do, you know, one plus one definitely equals three when it comes to a mastermind. So in a minute here, we'll tell people how they can try to become a part of your elite mastermind, Tom, that you are offering. But before we do that, um, I'd like to know what is your tip for this call? What do you have for us today, Tom?
1: Well, the the tip of the month this go-round is um, is a task management tool. Uh, a couple of different apps that are out there for project management. I know last time we spoke about uh, calendar apps that would be uh, organizing one's um, calendar and the um, uh, resources that tie to that task, etc. So in, in last month's call, it was uh, Evernote and Timeful, which are two terrific apps for that purpose. Uh, this month, I'd like to talk about Trello and Asana. Now, Trello, T-R-E-L-L-O, is a team task management, project management tool. I'll tell you how it works. Asana can be both team or individual task management. with Trello what you do is you have a collaboration of individuals let's say there's four people on your team and and each of those four have a, a role and responsibility. Uh, from that role there might be a, a participation in a particular task being accomplished but not a full responsibility for the entire task and what Trello does is it takes a, a particular task and puts them on what's called cards. And when you literally open up the program, whether it's online or on your, or on your uh, uh, device, it will show you those cards. And then you drill down from those cards, that's the individual tasks. So it might be, for instance, in our case, uh, Talk with Tom. Uh, and, and, and Talk with Tom would have, as we open that card, um, a list of 10 or 12 topics that might be the future recordings, uh, the different tasks that need to uh, apply to that accomplishment to be able to uh have the recordings and edit the recordings and post the recordings et etc and there might be different individuals that have each of those sub tasks within Talk with Tom. and so it gives the entire group a way to manage progress uh have have a responsible party and to be able to track a deadline uh that's coming up asana a s a n a is um uh, an app that was actually uh, founded and formed, developed by uh, a couple of Google guys that broke off and formed this company, which has just gone bonkers. Uh, and they are a individual task management uh, uh, application that allows the individual or team to be able to create tasks and subtasks on a list basis. So you might put together one that is... Um, like in my case, I have one that's real estate, another one that's coaching, another one that's speaking, another one that is um, business consulting. And, and then underneath real estate, uh, coaching, speaking, business consulting, are the tasks that are eminent and deadline-driven for each of those areas of my life. Another way to organize it might be the seven life areas, personal, professional, physical, spiritual, relational, so philanthropical, and personal, I mean, and, uh, and, and uh, financial. So as you go through that um, organization of tasks, it's not just a list of to-dos. It's got purpose, meaning, deadlines, etc. And let me remind everybody that one of the first things you do to kind of organize your day and your life is to just do a brain dump of everything that's in there that you're thinking about. And just getting it out of your head and onto paper or into some digital form will free your mind to be creative in its achievement, to be able to think and, and, and brainstorm as to ideas to accomplish those things. And when it's put on paper, when it's out of your head, you kind of feel this relief of, okay, I can kind of organize it now. So those are two great organizational tools for project management, Trello and Asana.
0: Excellent. Thank you, Tom. Um... I would like to remind everyone that you know the, this call and every Talk with Tom call is recorded, and you can go and hear these calls again at Tom's website, successseriesllc.com, and under the blog tab, there will be Talk with Tom, and you can listen to this call again. Today's call is being sponsored by the soon-to-be-formed Elite Mastermind Group with Tom Hart. And to join this Elite Mastermind Group, go to Tom's website, successseriesllc.com, and under the contact uh, part of the website, you contact Tom, send him an email through the website, express an interest in joining the Elite Mastermind, and then request a formal application. One will be sent to you. Send that application back. Um, there will be directions with the application as well. Uh, Tom, any last-minute thoughts about that, or is that is that how you would like it to be done?
1: Yes, and I, I'm excited to... to uh, Put this group together, and and perhaps multiple groups depending on the uh, interest level, um, and I'll do exactly what we outlined in this call as far as um, uh, evaluating and and the fit and the perspectives and the complementary skill sets of each of the members, so that there's a big big plus in. Um, in 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 participating and and getting to know people like you said you've got this guy in british columbia you've never even met him but he's a good good friend i'm sure and the things that you've been through together virtually in that format have probably bonded you and that's the kind of relationships that'll be derivative of participating in a mastermind group let alone think of the ideas and the income and the the partnering and the the the, uh, the ability to uh encourage one another to keep fighting the fight, keep growing, keep, keep uh, participating in, in life in a way that allows you to, to thrive, not just survive. And that group, you'll come to find, is a big means of that daily motivation and that accountability and that success factor that you would need to keep moving and growing.
0: Very good. Thank you, Tom. So once again, through the website, Contact Tom, you know, say you have an interest in joining the Elite Mastermind Group, and Tom's team will send you an application. Um, until our next call, I would like to thank everyone for participating in today's call. And as always, thank you, Tom, for your time and your wisdom. I am Aaron Wilker, and for Tom Hart, who always says, Life is a series of now, so grow your life today. Have a great day.